Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Hello, everybody. Andy Jacob here with the dot-com magazine, Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. We have an important show today. You know, oftentimes we look for the leaders in their particular space in different fields of expertise. And of course, we love the medical field. And we've had so many interesting and fascinating physicians and doctors on the show that when we came across what Dr. Meghna Dasani is doing in the sleep space, it really got our attention because, you know, we talk about it on the show all the time that when you can position yourself as a leader in a particular field and have the, the background and experience and education to really put that to the forefront, great things happen. And Dr. Meghna has really become sort of a go-to leading expert in sleep apnea. And she specializes in sleep apnea for children. As a matter of fact, dentists across the nation reach out to Dr. Dasani. I called her Dr. Magna, Dr. Dasani all the time to provide them with her expertise on what to do with their youthful patients. So I'm so excited to have Dr. Dasani on the show. Magna, welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. I mean, we watch your TED Talk. It's so interesting. You get covered quite a bit, you know, throughout the world as this sleep apnea expert. But before we get started, Magna, let's really pull the lens back. How important is sleep to young people? And why is sleep apnea such a problem right now? Sleep is probably one of the most important things we can give to our bodies other than oxygen, because without sleep, everything our body does is incomplete. Sleep is when all the healing, the rest, the repair, the rejuvenation happens. It is also when growth hormone is released. And guess what our littlest people need when they are going through all those growth spurts and they're trying to grow up? Um, they need growth hormone. The children are also super active all day long, are they not? Now they're out and on their bikes or playing tennis or soccer. They're also learning all day long. And all of this, the work of sleep is to make sure all of this gets cemented into their brain so that when they wake up the next morning, they actually remember what it is that they learned. And their bodies have healed from the wear and tear of jumping up and down and doing what it is that little kids do. So super, super important that um, everybody gets sleep, but especially more so our littlest patients. 
Unfortunately, however, there isn't enough awareness. A lot of people, and I was one of those, you know, being a doctor and you always think it's the adults that suffer from sleep issues that have sleep disorders. And that's the demographic that we tend to focus on that we have the conversations with. And until I realized it's like, oh my goodness, we're missing a whole group of human beings that are potentially not sleeping enough, sleeping well, and we're waiting for them to get older and have issues before we start to uh, look at their sleep. So there just isn't enough information. We're doing the best we can to get the word out, talking to parents, talking to doctors, talking to people like you and see how many more people we can reach to get to raise awareness for this. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, I was at a dentist recently and she spent a lot of time with me talking about my sleep. And I was, yeah. I said to myself, you know, when I was a kid and I went to the dentist, I actually went to the orthodontist as well. Nobody was talking about that. But now here, all the dentists are talking about sleep and sleep apnea. There's actually specific titles of sleep apnea dentists across the nation as well. So let's talk about it because I think about being a kid and I'm, and if, and I'm not sleeping. Now, when I was a kid, I remember I had some nightmares and I would wake up in the middle of the night and I sort of remember that I didn't really feel great in the morning because I didn't get a lot of sleep. I would imagine not sleeping as a young child, that can negatively impact everything from growth to the way your brain functions, to the way your brain is growing, to everything else. Isn't that right? Absolutely, to how you show up as well, you know? One big common misconception I see is parents or doctors saying they will grow out of this. It's a phase. They're going to outgrow it. And, and what I tell people is I don't want to wait to find out. If a child isn't sleeping well, if they're not getting the quality of sleep, I know something is being impacted. And it looks different in different children. If I have five kids with seven different symptoms, they might all be positive for sleep issues. I'm fond of saying I can put adults into a box. You know, adults will present with classic symptoms, snoring, stopping breathing, waking up to use the bathroom multiple times throughout the night, um, sleepiness during the day. I can almost put them into a box, but with children, it presents differently. Um, kids are not little adults. As much as we like to believe they are, they're just not miniature sized versions of you and I, they have their own complex needs. And I'm also fond of saying there's no such thing as a bad kid. When you have a child that is acting up, it's usually a kid that is tired, that is sleep deprived, or just doesn't know how to communicate what they are experiencing to us as adults. And like I said, it could look different in children than it does in adults. It could be a child that is a messy sleeper, a kid that moves around a lot during the night. If their bed covers are everywhere, the pillows are on the floor, uh, the toys that they want to hold when they're falling asleep are scattered across the room, we might have a problem. Uh, you could have a child that is snoring. Now, let's keep in mind snoring in children can present differently than you and I. I remember laughing when growing up, you know, because my dad used to snore and he made those funny noises and sounds. Now I know better. Oh, my goodness. He was probably choking or gasping. For children, audible breathing can 
count as snoring. If you have a child that is still wetting the bed, and I don't mean our two-year-old that is regressing potty training. I mean an older child that has stayed dry and obviously mom and dad have done everything they could to help that child not have an accident. Let's consider is lack of healthy sleep the missing piece of the puzzle for that kid. Behavior symptoms such as ADHD, ADD, those can be a sign of, of a child that is not getting adequate sleep. There's so many things that we need to be able to connect the dots to actually understand what is going on with this child. Wow, so interesting, Magna. You know, for a parent, and they have these young people, these children, they're not adults, they're children, and there's a variety of <laughs> problems that were once unassociated with sleep disorders that now you're bringing to light that really can be linked back maybe to things like airway issues as well. Let's talk about that and how that sort of integrates into some of these unexpected ways or problems that we see these young people having now or these children having now. Absolutely. So airway issues is nothing but a whole comprehensive term that encompasses sleep disorders um, with the tie in of where does your airway start from your nose and it goes down all the way to your lungs. And guess who has the greatest impact while a child is growing? The shape of their jaws, the shape of the tongue, the position of the jaws, where the teeth are erupting, all of this plays a big role in what the shape of that airway looks like, the size of that airway looks like in a child. The roof of the mouth is also the floor of the nose. So if I have a roof of the mouth that is super constricted, that is not wide and and allows for better flow of air, it's going to impact how that child breathes. Then let's take into consideration, where does the tongue rest for this child? Does the tongue, the tongue is supposed to rest passively in the roof of the mouth. So when health professionals, when, you know, in, in the world of dentistry, and when we talk to our medical colleagues, ideal resting posture means what we're looking for is a child or even an adult that has their lips together, is breathing through the nose and their tongue rests passively like a heavy weighted blanket in the roof of their mouth. The tongue acts as a natural expander. It acts as a natural retainer. It helps form and shape the palate in a growing child. Remember the roof of the mouth, which is also what impacts the shape of the airway for these kids. What happens when we have growth that is not progressing the way that is ideal for that child, or if that tongue is tied super tight to the floor of the mouth, it is unable for whatever reason to sit up in the roof of the mouth. Now, growth and development is impacted. Is speech impacted for this child? It's not uncommon to have an, a speech and language pathologist to send me a patient and say, Doc, would you look at this? We're having issues. Not only are they having trouble, forming these letters, words, consonants, sounds. But when we talk further and get more history from mom, I then find, oh, this child is a picky eater. And when you dig deeper into this, this is a child that cannot, that does not like texture in their food. 
we got to ask, and when I teach doctors this, it's I tell them, you got to ask, why is this happening? And when you get the answer to that why, you got to ask a second why, because we're not in the business of putting Band-Aids, or we do not want to be in the business of putting a Band-Aid over something. We want to figure out why something is happening so we can address the root cause. Does that child have a tongue tie that is unable to clear food from around the mouth? What is the function of our brain to keep us alive? That's the main function, to make sure nothing bad happens to us. When the brain perceives that there is a piece of broccoli that is healthy for your body, but say it gets stuck in the far back corner of your mouth and your tongue isn't able to reach back there to clear it out so you can swallow it, the brain goes into alert mode. It's going to say, oh my gosh, we better do something or this child is going to choke, which may or may not be the case, but your protective instincts kicking in. And the, the, this kid doesn't know how to communicate it with us. And the kid's going to say, I don't like broccoli or I don't like um, the more common ones I see is meat that has texture to it. So I don't like steak or I don't like mashed potatoes. And we go, oh, my child is a picky eater. Have we asked why? What protective instinct is kicking in for the brain to go, oh my gosh, kiddo, if you eat this, I'm worried you're not going to be able to clear it effectively and now you're going to choke on it and something bad's going to happen. So these are little things that we need to grasp from detailed conversations that are, believe it or not, impacting growth and development of their jaws, of their airways. And let's look at it this way. these That kid is probably going to be your and my doctor when they grow up. There are engineers, there are future teachers, there are lawmakers, and we want to give them a healthy start in life, a good start. So the more questions we have, the more dots we connect, the better we're able to serve them. I love your approach. I mean, I was listening to you and and you're connecting A, B, and C in such a logical way. It's so interesting. I hope that the people watching the show who have children really connect with this. You know, you mentioned the brain. And you mentioned in some of your previous talks that unrelated, untreated sleep mm-hmm. and breathing disorders really can negatively impact. Now, listen to this, can impact a child's IQ every year that it's left unattended. I mean, that's kind of a kind of an outrageous thought when you think about it that your child's IQ could be negatively impacted if they're not breathing right. Let's talk about that. When the brain does not get the oxygen it needs to heal, and it, you know, the function of the brain isn't just what we discussed up until now. There's so many neurotransmitters that get released, correct? When we're sleeping, when the child goes into deep sleep, that's when all of these neurotransmitters get chopped off, as I like to say. The toxins that collect inside our brain also get cleared out. But when a child is unable to get into sleep, stay in deep sleep for long enough for the brain to do all of this, when it isn't able to do that, the natural growth and development doesn't happen. Now, there are studies out there that show that for every year that the child um is impacted with unhealthy sleep, you can have the IQ drop by as much as 10 points. What a disservice to a child to not allow them to reach their full potential when all it is is a simple screening. 
Most kids see their dentists every six months for sure. They see their pediatricians at least once a year. And these are conversations that can be had. And you know, like you mentioned earlier, connecting points A, B, C to get a full picture to see how and where can we impact this. Wow. So you teach the dentists who have young clients to how to do the screening. What do we do about it? So they screen a patient and they find that there are some problems. Let's move into what can be done to fix the problem. Yes. So it all comes down to what is broken. That's what we're going to fix. And I don't mean broken in the literal sense of the word, but I mean in what it is that is not ideal for a child that age that we need to um, unkink the garden hose, right? When you have a garden hose that is that has a little kink in it and you turn on the, the water and you still have flow of water at the other end to water your plants in the garden, but you know that it should be a much smoother flow, a better flow, and that's exactly what happens. Once we identify where that kink is in the growth phase for that child, we, we're able to go in and address that. Does, does this child have a tongue tie that is preventing the tongue from sitting where it needs to sit in the roof of the mouth? Well, let's address that. Is there enough muscle strength for the tongue? The tongue is nothing but a group of muscles um, around the, the facial complex, you know, the lips, the cheeks, all of that is muscles. Is that what is impacting direction of growth and development? Is this child a mouth breather? Is something happening? Are their tonsils blocking the back of their throat, causing an obstruction that's preventing them from breathing adequately through the nose? Well, let's establish nasal breathing. Let's work with an ENT, see what needs to happen to those tonsils and adenoids. Or is it just a genetic thing where growth and development is, you know, I got dad's teeth and mom's jaw, and those two just don't go the way they should together. Well, maybe this child needs an expander. Maybe uh, we need to impact the direction of growth, the amount of growth for this child. And that's going to help us establish, as, as I say, we, let's get them over the hump so we can actually be on smooth sailing. We sometimes just need to get that child just over that little bit of bump. So their body knows what needs to happen. It truly depends on what's going on so we can fix that. Yeah, it makes sense. Now for, for the doctors out there that you work with, how does that happen? Do you do a training program? Do you do it by Zoom? Do you do phone calls? For doctors that wanna learn the master protocols and the treatment options, really you know, to empower their, their practice by helping their clients their young children in a much more powerful way. How do they connect with you and have that conversation and that learning experience? There's many different ways we've structured this. You know, we've done, um, thanks to COVID, a lot of things changed for a lot of us. Um, there's training over Zoom. There are times when doctors come into the practice to observe us, what I call over the shoulder training. They come observe us, do this every day in conjunction with natural with everyday dentistry. I'm still a dentist. I still work on teeth. And it's all part of one big complex because we're treating the patient. We're not treating an isolated part of the body. Believe it or not, the head is connected to the rest of the body. So sometimes they come in to observe us. Sometimes it's through bigger meetings. Uh, some docs choose to do one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, based on what their practice structure looks like. There's many different ways. 
The goal is get trained so we can help as many patients as we can. Yeah, I love it. And of course, you're a go-to expert. You speak all over on Zoom, all over the world. You get invited to conferences to speak, Magna. And, and of course, you have this passion because you can hear it in your voice. And it's real interesting that you say, look, these are our future physicians. These are our future doctors and lawyers uh, and engineers and technologists. These are the, the, the future. And we want to do everything we can to give them a jump start. And it just doesn't seem fair for a young child to have some type of sleep problem that doesn't get treated, which is impacting their IQ, which is impacting their growth, perhaps impacting maybe even the way in which, you know, they present themselves to the world, which then of course can negatively impact sort of their, their position, uh, for their future. So I love what you're doing so much. And it's really, really interesting. What got you so involved? Let's talk about that. I think you have an interesting story, maybe a personal life story. What got you so interested in this sort of specialty that you've carved out for yourself? I'm fond of saying anything that is a passion usually comes from great personal loss. And um, that's exactly what happened. We lost a family member to sleep apnea. And as we sought answers consistently, the response we got was, oh, this is genetic. It's one of those things nobody has control over. And we're talking 20, 22 years ago that this happened. And even then I knew that surely there's more answers. To yes, I was a dentist back then. I didn't know anything about this. You know, we're not taught sleep apnea treatments in school. And um, I just set on a path to learn what we could possibly do for this. Um, yes, you know, our loved one passed from sleep apnea and I just refused to accept the fact that there was nothing we could do. It is what it is. It's the way the chips fell or whatever we may say to it. Um, but the more I dug, I realized that there's solutions, there's options. Um, and then it became a mission to all I wanted to do was help my family because, you know, we all think we're so special. Nobody else suffers from anything like this. There was no information out there. And I said, I never want my kids to have to experience anything like this. And um, but then I, I started talking to my patients and I realized there's more people like me that are dealing with this, that have lost loved ones. You know, my office manager who's been with me 13 years, it was her dad who said, well, I have sleep apnea and I hate the machine that they gave me. It's sitting in my garage. Can you help me? Yes, of course I can help you. And then it's my favorite patient's grandson and then their neighbor and then another patient's loved one. It was even our UPS guy. Like we got so into this, like we'd look at our UPS and guy like, do you snore? You certainly looks like you have all the signs and symptoms. Our family grew, my family grew to include all of these people that needed help were just like my family, just didn't know that there were answers. So we got along and, you know, made our systems to be able to implement this. And mind you, at this time, we were only treating adults within the practice. And, you know, I mentioned my office manager earlier, when she started working with me, she was pregnant and she had the most beautiful little girl um, and she has other children as well. But as this little girl grew, we noticed that 
she had a different set of struggles with regards to sleep as opposed to her siblings. And she was one that was constantly tired. She'd come into the office and tell me, Dr. Dasani, I fell asleep in math today. And I was like, well, that's not good. Let's find out what's going on. And as we, same thing again, tried to dig for answers to help the people we love the most, I realized we're missing an entire group of human beings, like I mentioned earlier, that are also sleep deprived, that are also struggling with sleep issues that I had no clue about. So that was another rabbit hole I went down. And same thing, my family grew once again to include parents who had been seeking answers and didn't know that. Who knew you could be born with sleep apnea? Who knew a two-year-old, a three or four-year-old could have sleep apnea? And it's like I said, it just grows. It takes on a life of its own because there's more people that need help than we even could ever imagine. Wow, Dr. Dasani. I mean, you run your own practice. You're helping physicians. You're helping parents. You're a best-selling author. You have the new book, Airway is Life, that people can order on your website. You go out and you do engagements. I mean, you really are passionate about what you do. So if the entrepreneurs watching the show Pick up on that passion that uh, Megna has for her craft, her expertise. You need to follow suit and have that same type of passion for what you do. And this has been a great interview because when you bring someone on, when I bring someone on that is all in, you can tell. And you're all in on this, Dr. Dasani. I want to thank you so much for coming on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series today. Thank you for having me. 